0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, folks? Welcome in Believe in Commander's show. Anthony Armstrong here, my man Brian Murphy, all the way in the ATL. What's going on, B. Murph? How are you?
1: Uh, Not too much, man. Another busy week, but I'm looking forward to the weekend with more football playoffs still rolling on. So it's it's a good week. As long as there's football on, I'm okay. That's that's kind of my motto right now.
0: Yes, indeed. And the way the NFL is going, they're like trying to take over every day. And this is honestly the most news and information I, I can ever remember getting about NFL stuff. I mean, you're getting news about coaches, you're getting news about GMs, you're getting yep. news about players, and obviously, we just had that Super Playoff weekend, or sorry, Super Wild Card weekend, That's right. first round of the playoffs. That was awesome. It was a good game. We'll talk about that today. This is going to be our playoff episode. We're going to talk about the Wild Card weekend, some of the things that happened, and then we're going to take a look ahead at the divisional matchups. But before we do that, we got to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. B Murph, tell them about Bet Online.
1: That's right. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs. This season, uh, whether it's the NFL playoffs still going on, NBA is rolling along, or there's even a UFC contest on that main front page of Bet Online. So be sure to check all of that out. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news and Game Trends at BetOnline. And remember, like I said, it features free contests, live betting, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Even eSports is on there. So we're the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Just head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts and we'll end this episode with picking our our playoff picks rolling on with those but uh we thank bet online for bringing you the show every single time
0: yes indeed uh, I'm, i went on there right now to go see uh, yes they had that ufc one that's coming up and then they're going to have a, a bracket one uh, a Ooh, bracket nice. matchup as well so you get to you get to pick that in esports i want to know tell me this brian yep what's your what's your game of choice do you are you a gamer do you get down with any of those systems major systems or maybe pc game
1: i am not a huge gamer i have i have the nintendo switch which i probably need to pick back up I, i've been playing fifa on that i love super smash brothers okay. uh, so I'm, not a, I'm not like a heavy gamer but i do enjoy it you know kind of occasionally and 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 here and there
0: Okay, all right, all right. I'm a Madden guy. Um, I, I've, I've dabbled in like the other games, like NBA 2K, but I never play them that much. I generally do like a My Player and then just let it run. I'm looking on BetOnline right now. They have NBA 2K wow. uh, Blitz League that you can bet on. Uh, Counter Strike, uh, some ESL Pro, uh, some of this stuff. I don't even know what it is. But they have it on there, so that's pretty cool. Shout out to Bet Online. But let's uh, get right into this without further ado. Let's take a look back. Take uh, take a look back at this weekend, the Super Sport, a Super Wild Card weekend that went on in the NFL. It was a Saturday. It was a Sunday, and it was capped off with a Monday night matchup with the uh, Buccaneers and the Cowboys. What did you think about this Super Wild Card weekend? What was your biggest takeaway? Your biggest aha?
1: Uh, Man, it's just uh, the NFL continued on, I think, where it it left off last year. I felt like every single game last year was a one score game came down to the wire with the exception of, uh, I guess, the first game in the 49ers Seahawks and the final game, the Bucks and Cowboys. I think every game was close. Uh, and, and maybe not a one uh one score game even then. So uh yeah just was an incredible weekend of football. Uh the thing that stood out to me was uh Jacksonville's comeback, which was incredible. The fact yep. that they were down 27 to nothing, came back and won that game. Uh just impressive stuff all around. And even the teams, you know, with quarterback issues, Skyler Thompson starting a game, uh Tyler Huntley starting for the for the Ravens those games were still competitive. So there just were some really good teams and really good matchups in this fir- first weekend. And it makes me that much more excited for this weekend coming up.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that Jaguars comeback. I, that was one of those ones that I, I turned on and I was like, oh, man, that's not looking too good. But remember I said, I said last week, I said I'm going to take the Jags because I don't trust uh, uh, the Chargers. I don't trust right. them that much. And they're, they're one of the better, better teams that just underperform and. They they sure did let one slip away, and uh, out, of, out of the, the aftermath the, after that, they they actually ended up firing their offensive coordinator and their quarterback's coach. So I don't know how Brandon Staley uh, got his neck off of the guillotine, if you will. He didn't get, get the ax, but I'm sure he's on the hottest seat uh, in the NFL right now. Uh, but, yeah, the Jaguars, great comeback by that young team. Doug Peterson's doing a great job with them. And, frankly, I can say that Cowboys game. The Cowboys over the Bucks. Uh, I guess when you look at it, you're like, man, you should have should have expected it. But I mean, hey, it's, it's Tom Brady. It's the playoffs. And they had just come off of a really big performance uh, where they were airing that thing out. And I thought maybe you'd get a little magic from Tom Brady, but that had that, that did not happen. And then, frankly, from that performance, they went off and fired Byron Leftwich. And I that left me scratching my head. I don't know. Uh, I feel like that was a scapegoat type of a situation. Um, You got an aging roster. uh, You know, your quarterback's, uh, what, 43 years old, I want to say. I mean, I'm not too far behind him, but I'm also not in the NFL uh, anymore. But you got an aging quarterback, You got some older receivers. The old line didn't play very well all year. Plus, Tom had plenty of things going on off the field. I mean, Mm -hmm. horses and millions of dollars tied up in uh, bad investments that kind of went sour. So, to say the least that they could have been a little bit distracted, I think that's a thing. But they, they, they used uh, Byron Leftwich as a scapegoat in my, in my eyes.
1: So if you're watching with us on YouTube, we're going to do a, a kind of like double episode on here, but we're going to split this up. And our second episode is going to be about, you know, coaching moves and that kind of thing, specifically to the commanders. But, but this brings up a good question uh, for me. You mentioned Brandon Staley, you, you mentioned, um, uh, who, who else uh, left, which in the Buccaneers, I feel like a lot of these coaches are, are using on some scapegoats. Uh, that's a good word to use. And, and I'm intrigued to see how these guys do in their next stop, where, whether or not these offensive coordinators or these coordinators that, that, that get fired, that get the blame put on them, where, where they end up and see how well they do. Cause I'm with you. I think that there are some extenuating circumstances in, in both of these places uh, and, and the commanders as well that you know it's not just on the coordinator so that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out and again we'll, we'll talk more about that in our our next episode but yeah those teams uh it was pretty quick after they, they pulled the trigger right after the game you know the de- the next day or so and um you know you're just leaving you know these playoff teams uh, are have holes now and so i think that's why we see so much turnover in the playoffs from year to year and it'll be interesting to see you know who these teams bring in are they able to capitalize on you know getting to the playoffs and taking that next step but that's just kind of like the the questions that come with it with it you know with these playoff games
0: yeah it's definitely been interesting to say the least I mean shoot Dallas had uh, had Brett Meyer he missed four extra points and they I thought they weren't gonna make a change they didn't they didn't cut him no but they they did bring in another kicker so um, I mean that's smart, I think, to say hey, you bet a little bit, bring in somebody else and put a little bit of pressure and say, hey man, you better start kicking that thing through the pipes. Uh, but I, I do I think the smart thing was to not just fire him all outright because yeah. he's been he's been fairly you know decent for the team all year. Um so how I, mean, how,
1: I was thinking about that. How often in the playoffs does it happen that a guy has gotten cut, has gotten benched that hasn't been injury related. I feel like that is not something that you see very often. So I was curious yeah. what the Cowboys were going to do. I, I think you're right in sticking with the guy that's been uh, pretty solid all season long, but that was, that was something else. Missing four extra points. That's not, that's yeah. unheard of.
0: Yeah. It just reminds me of like when I'm on the golf course and then you're looking out at this gorgeous fairway, and then you just peek off to the left. You're like, okay, I got all of this, but, there's a little bit of water over there. Just stay out of the water and I can play it. And the next thing you know, a duck hook it and it goes right in the lake. Um, I can find trees in the desert for whatever reason. But when you got all this wide open space to hit the golf ball, sometimes you shank it a little bit, but you can't do that. Uh, obviously, we know that Brett Maher knows that and he'll be better this week. I'm certain. But speaking of next week divisional look ahead we're kind of jumping to it straight away no need to dwell on the past I mean you did have you know a big win by the Giants and this is the first game I guess we'll talk about we'll talk about some NFC uh, very familiar opponents the Giants are taking a visit up to Philly Philly's had that first bye week they had the bye week in week one and now they're welcoming in the New York Giants they know these guys a lot and New York's coming off of a pretty sound win uh, against against the New York, against the, the New York, against Kirk Cousins, Minnesota Vikings. OK, the skull clap was quiet up there. Wasn't much going on, but the Giants came out and dominated. And they're going to go play against Philly. Um, you know, it's tough to play against a division opponent a third time. So what do you think? What do you what do you see? What do you think would be the, a big key uh, for this game?
1: Yeah, I was really impressed, and I hate uh, to give the uh, Giants credit, but I I think their win might have been the most impressive. It it seemed like Daniel Jones just kind of did whatever he wanted to do uh, Mm -hmm. against the Vikings, and so that was really impressive. Um, You're right, though. It's hard to beat a team a third time, and that's what the Eagles are trying to do. They swept the Giants in the regular season. Um, It's hard not to pick the Eagles, But, man, they've been sitting a while, and it feels like Jalen Hurts has been sitting a while. He played, what, the the last game of the regular season for them? He finally came back. Um, So for for the better part of what feels like a month, he's been sitting. Now they had a week off. Is there any rust that comes with it? I think this game will be a little bit closer than I probably would have expected, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, Because I think the Giants have a formula that works. I think Brian Dayball is is legit. And I think he'd be my vote for coach of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm really intrigued by this one. I, I still think I lean towards the Eagles But uh, I wouldn't put it past the Giants at all to, to pull a stunner in this one.
0: Yeah, when looked up the 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 score, so in that first matchup, it was they met late in the year, so that was one thing. Was one of the one of the uh, the tough parts about the Giants finishing of their season. They they had to face Philly twice. They got beat forty eight to twenty two on December eleventh, and then backdoored and played those guys on January eighth, and Philly beat them twenty two to sixteen. So much closer game, and and I had commented on Twitter. I said I said you got to give Brian Dable some love for. How he's how him and Mike Kafka have worked with Daniel Jones, they made things simplistic for him. He's, he's playing out of his mind. And a few folks in the big blue nation got upset. They thought I was throwing shade at Daniel Jones. And I was like, I'm giving the guy a compliment. He's played good right. ball all year. So I got up the next day. I broke down some tape and I I just went through the game against the, the Indianapolis Colts. And when you look at it, he makes good, quick decisions with the football. When he knows where he wants to go, he easily makes that that happen. And he quickly will get to his check down if this first read's not there. Uh, but, and, and after that, he'll use his legs to make a play. He has been sacked a few times this year, but he doesn't have as many negative plays as he would have had in the past. That's mm-hmm. overall, that's good play in this league. Don't take negative plays. Don't go backwards. Allow yourself to get into a much better position moving forward. And that's all it takes. I mean, you don't have to read all across the field to be successful. Um, Half of it will be coaching. And then when you're on the field, you just have to execute what the coaches call. So uh, Daniel Daniel Jones has been playing good ball. I'll say this. I would be willing to lean towards New York side simply because of the fact that it's really difficult to beat somebody three times, mm-hmm. and then having that bye week um, where it was good—you know—it's good for rest and things of that nature. You do have to kind of get back into a rhythm. Well, you, know, well, you, you got to get going
1: again. Well, I just pulled up the Philly schedule, so they—they they played the they, they beat the Bears uh, on. Let's see what what day was that on. December eighteenth. I'm fairly certain that was yeah Jalen Hurts last game. So then they play uh, two weeks without Jalen Hurts. He plays mm-hmm. the last week of the season to beat the Giants. They take another week off, and now he's expected to play now for only the second time in a month in, in four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I mean there's got to be rust. I don't care how good you are, who you are, you know you got to be taking reps. And I'm sure he has been and mentally and when he can in practice, but. Yeah, that's a lot to gear up, especially against the team and the Giants who, for the better part of the last month, you know, they were kind of playing for their playoff lives in the regular yeah. season. And then obviously they get a big win in Minnesota. They're fired up. And yeah, it's hard not to lead the Giants way. I'm kind of surprised as we look at the spreads that, that the Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. I feel like that's kind of large. Uh just given the, the scenario that how hot the Giants have been and how much the Eagles have kind of rested guys, not maybe not intentionally, but due to injury and, yeah. and you know having that 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 bye week. So uh yeah, I'm really intrigued by this one and I, I think it could shape up to be a, a classic NFC showdown that we're gonna be
0: talking about for years to come. I, I'm I'm with you on that. And I think one of the biggest things that, that we've noticed or I've noticed is the Giants have found a way to utilize more than just Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley. Uh, You look back when they were playing Dallas, it was really just, Hey, throw a deep to Darius. He'll try to make a play. Um, And then they were trying to work in Kenny Galladay and they just kind of said, don't even worry about that anymore. Uh, They've gotten a lot out of Richie James. He's been very effective in the slot. Uh, he gets the ball in his hands. He, he gets upfield um, and he's able to help move the chains. Isaiah Hodgins has shown mm-hmm. to be a, a really good receiver. Um, and the way that Mike Kafka has schemed up some formations to get favorable matchups. I mean, I was looking at that Colts game. It was it was beautiful. They had a tight end and split all the way out wide. And what that'll do is generally uh, the Colts were matching up with a cornerback. So then that gets a receiver on a safety or, you know, a third or fourth cornerback with space to work with. And they were just making things happen for this offense so Daniel Jones could be fast with his decisions. And, and, you know, Philly does have a really good defense. I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, but the way that the Giants are trending and they have momentum, uh, I think that I could lean towards them uh, being able to get this W at least covering that seven and a half. Because right now, seven and a half seems like a lot. Yeah, um, and unless there's unless there's something that I don't know, because they literally just lost by what, four, I think it said, uh, this, yeah, they lost by four or five or something like this last game, six, they lost by six, six points, yeah, to
1: the Eagles, you yep. know,
0: not not even but 11 days ago, as right. of today, as of recording on the 19th. So they were they're gonna be within two weeks from having played this team. And they've had a, a, a very emotional win uh, to beat the Vikings on the road. Um, avenging a loss, I feel like New York is going to come through that, that thing. Fire it up and ready to play. So, if so I'm making a pick,
1: okay, I was going to say, what is your pick? If we have my to, pick, lay I'm going.
0: Here. I'm going with the Giants. I will pick the Giants in that matchup. I'm pressing it on Bet Online right now, so it's locked in. I'm putting that up there. I love Let's, it. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I would take the Giants to cover. I think it's going to be a three- or four-point game. I wouldn't be shocked to, to see them win. I'm still going to lean towards the Eagles. Um, playing in Philly, I think, will be a little bit different. I think that they're going to be fired up. Uh, so give me the Eagles to win, but I think the Giants can certainly cover that seven-and-a-half. Like you said, yeah. I think that that's a, a hefty line there for how close these teams played yeah. not too long ago.
0: Yeah, and I guess you have to, you have to consider the Eagles offense. I mean, they do have AJ Brown. They do have Devontae Smith and Zach Pascoe and good running game, but just, just being able to knock off the rust, right? You saw how Jacksonville, this is how we'll segue into that matchup. It's another Saturday matchup. If if you come out and you turn the ball over, I mean the Giants don't really get a lot of turnovers, but they do have Kayvon Thibodeau who's finding a way to really cause havoc and, and yeah. create hell for offenses now. So they're, they're and Dexter Lawrence has been doing his thing in the middle as well. So I mean there's going to be some matchups. Uh, how they're able to control that that rush and control Jalen Hurts is going to be a, a very big point. But speaking of uh, starting out slow, the Jaguars and Ty- Trevor Lawrence they jumped out four interceptions. They were down 27-0, and they found a way to fight back and win. Uh, I don't think you can spot Patrick Mahomes 27 points, uh, but Jacksonville's walking in as nine-point dog uh, at this 3.30 game, or 4 4.30 Eastern uh, up in Kansas City. So what do you think about that matchup?
1: Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I was really impressed by uh, Trevor Lawrence and the fact that they didn't quit in that game. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people like me probably turned it off at first and and or fell asleep. Uh, you know, when it when the game was looked to be out of reach, so that was impressive impressive for Trevor Lawrence. I think he is the real deal and he's uh, he's showing that. So it was impressive to see him get his first playoff win. Um, that being said, I really like what the Chiefs have been doing recently. I think they've been really hot. The offense has been clicking. This this spread is huge, too. It's a nine-point spread. I wonder if Vegas just kind of thinks that the the clock is going to run out on a couple of these Cinderella teams. I wonder if that's yeah. kind of the thinking here. You know, you, you have a big emotional win like the, like the Jaguars do, like the Giants do. Do you have a bit of a letdown? Um, I'd love to see this game be competitive, but I think that Kansas City in Arrowhead in the playoffs is, is a different animal, and I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to kind of be put – not back in his place, but I think he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, I'd love to see it be a huge shootout because that would be the most fun that you know you could expect from this matchup. Um, but I just think the Chiefs will be a little bit too much.
0: I think the spread comes down to the fact that they can score points in a matter of seconds, you know, and yeah. and it generally like I've, I've sat there and, and been biting my nails, uh, not literally, but biting my nails watching some games, and you're like, golly, I had them covering the spread, and then. Here comes a touchdown, and the next thing you know, it it uh it erupts and it happens. Like I mean, you get to look at that matchup last week, uh, San Francisco and Seattle. San Francisco was down by one point at halftime, and then they went on a run. I think they scored like twenty-five unanswered. So yeah. it can happen quickly. This is a team that can it can happen quickly. For um, now, in the last few games, I mean, the Chiefs have they've given up some points. I mean, they gave up twenty-eight to the Broncos. They they one by six against the Texans. They barely beat the Broncos the second time by three. So uh, in the the time they gave up 13 and 10 against the uh, Seahawks and the Raiders. So they're susceptible to give up some points, but I just think that it's going to be, you almost have to play a perfect game for Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. You can't afford to give the ball away. I mean, you're not going up against like uh, an insanely stingy defense you know this is a defense that will give you some give up some points and give up some yards uh, it's it's everything on offense that happens i think you have to be super sound in what you do you got to be able to cover receiver for a long time um you got to find a way to stay, stay stick sticky to Travis Kelsey because he's going to get open and he already knows that when uh, when 15 gets to running around he's going to go to those open spots and chances are he's going to you know Mahomes will throw that sucker across his body and deliver it so All in all, you got to give me the Chiefs on that one. Um, But to keep that Cinderella story going, that would be pretty exciting for Jacksonville. But I think that the Chiefs are going to be able to get that W. So I would take the Chiefs on that one.
1: Yeah, and and Trevor Lawrence can't afford to throw four interceptions. You know, no offense to Justin Herbert and the Chargers um but patrick mahomes is going to take those possessions and most likely turn them into points unlike the chargers were able to do so yeah, yeah. he i'm with you they can't start slow or or they're going to blink and they're going to be down big and Probably not going to come back this time. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that that Trevor Lawrence uh, and and that group that he's got there, Etienne and Kirk and all those guys can hang with Mahomes. But m- my head is telling me that it probably won't be the case. I think it's a good first step for Jacksonville. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch and to reckon with. You know, coming up in the next few years. But I think I think you were going to see the class of the AFC and Patrick Mahomes and. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I think Patrick Mahomes has done that to everybody. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence moving forward. But I think it kind of ends this week. And I think I'd be willing. The more I think about it, to take those, uh, you know, to take the Chiefs and kind of a, a bigger win.
0: Yeah. It's and and um, I mean that's all that's all facts. so you're talking about the the cream of the crop of the AFC. Uh, we move on to our Sunday games. Two o'clock. So That's a little weird time. So it's like a little later than lunch, right? If you have a little brunch, you might get take a little nap. Uh, it's a 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock game. Cincinnati Bengals go up to Buffalo. Um, this is probably a matchup a lot of people were excited to have. Um, obviously, you know you go back to their regular season matchup. That game was canceled, uh, and rightly so. So it's almost like a little bit of unfinished business, but uh, our own Cam Rogers over there on Lock It Up with, uh, on the Believe Network, he said that the Bengals won't make it out of the divisional round. They, they think that they – he thought that they would easily roll over The Ravens, but whenever they go to Buffalo, they're going to go ahead and take this L. Five-and-a-half-point dogs going on the road to Buffalo. What do you think? What are you thinking there?
1: Well, first off, I will say there's no easy way to, to handle what happened on Monday night with DeMar Hamlin and all that. That being said, I don't understand why this game is not being played at a neutral site. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that out there. I feel like Hmm. that game would have just that that game literally would have decided whether one of these two teams hosted. So I feel like Cincinnati kind of got the raw end of the deal there. Again, there's no perfect scenario. And I get that the bills have a better record through 16 games than the the Bengals did. But when they were playing each other, it would have decided that all that being said, um, Hmm. I like both of these teams. I ha- I hate that they're playing right now. I wish we could like push this back a couple more weeks and set up some other matchups somehow. Um, but I got to go with with the Bills at home in in Buffalo. I, I think I really would would take the home team in, in either scenario. Uh, but I think that the Bills are are kind of rounding into form. While I mm-hmm. like what the Bengals are doing, um, I think that it 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 they're the bank, the bills are a more complete, uh, team uh, defensively. So I, I got to take the bills in this one. Um, it, and I wish I could take both the teams. I think it's going to be closer. Did you say five and a half? I think it's going to be like, a, and a half. I think it's going to be like a field goal type game. So in that regard, I would take the Bengals. but uh, I got to lean towards the bills in this one. And, um, I'm excited for it because you got to know this is going to be an emotional game and both teams are going to kind of want to, stick it to the other in like a, a sportsman like way. I don't mean that in a nasty way, but you know that they, yeah. they, they probably wish they could have finished out that game. And there's, there's a lot of emotion riding on this. So um, it'll be interesting to see, and I, I can't wait for it, but uh, uh, give me the bills just, just slightly.
0: This is a game that I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on. I mean, this is going to be a lot of, you know, the next, the next game would be, will have a lot of viewers as well, but man, the way Burrow plays, you know, this is one of those epic matchups that, that we haven't had in a while. And this is good to have these two young guys uh, being able to match up. Cause they're going to be able to see each other in the divisional round or AFC championships for years to come. Um, I think I would have to lean with Buffalo. The playing at home, um, you know, they were able to handle a feisty dolphins team and, I don't know, I feel like Burrow's got a little magic in there somewhere. But that defensive, that offensive line does give up a lot of sacks. Um, and they do give up some pressure, and the defense will get their hand on the ball. The Buffalo Bills defense will. So I would lean towards Buffalo getting this one. Uh five and a half. I would take I think they could cover that. I think they could because they they're aggressive. They like to push down the field. I mean, they saw zero blitz and All uh, Mr. Allen did was drop back and just chunk that sucker down the field 60 yards until uh, until Stefan Diggs ran up under it. So they're not afraid to go go for the throat. They're not afraid to try to step on somebody and uh, really close them out. So I would take the bills on that one in that matchup for sure. Not really much else to say. I think you're going to have a good game out of Joe Burrow. I think you're going to have a pretty you know, solid game out of Jamar Chase. He finds a way to just put the ball in the end zone from hitch routes and go routes in just any way possible. Uh, but I think there'll be a little bit too much firepower for those Bills um, as long as Josh Allen doesn't throw too many interceptions. So I think that that would be uh, that's what kept Miami in it, is that they kept turning the ball over. They, uh, you know, Allen kept turning that ball over. So uh, that would be my first. My first bet there to go with the bills
1: well and one more thing on that you know we know about the the Bengals run the other way the goal line stand by by sam hubbard but you know they're they're also like six inches away from giving up a big lead there you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that defense has has some holes in it that i think josh allen can certainly um certainly exploit so that's not a bad point there i just think that the emotion for the Bengals and kind of mm-hmm. maybe feeling like they were slight a little bit is going to keep it closer but um, I'm hoping for a, a fun one there. And uh, all these games just kind of seem to have a little extra juice in them. So just uh, we'll, a see taste. One, we'll see how that just one a taste.
0: ends up. Just a taste. Uh, Got to mention this. I, I want to say I saw that the neutral site, if it comes down to the particular teams in the AFC, the game will be played in Atlanta. Atlanta, that's right. ATL, Mercedes-Benz Dome gets another one. Uh, they had the – Ohio State yeah, game in know Georgia Georgia's first game um they had that game and then now yeah. since Indianapolis said nah you're not gonna do that game up here uh, atl Atlanta is going to go ahead and host it so
1: do you think believe would get me some credentials maybe just go cover that game even though we're a commander's podcast I mean
0: I mean you send the right email I think that they would do their best to get you in the building you know I don't see why not Got to get B Murph in there. We get some live in-person coverage because I think that, shoot, I think everybody's so spread out uh, with this network, the power of the internet, but you don't even have to be in the hometown of right. the team to actually cover the team. So now you have somebody that's there. It would make a lot of sense to me. Um, but here we go. Let's look at this other matchup. This is a game that we talked. I talked about having a lot of views, and it's a, it's a historic matchup in yeah. my eyes. This is a matchup that I grew up watching. And then... Sidebar When everybody would ask me, you know, when I was in Washington, they were like, you know, what was it like growing up in Dallas? And I was like, you know, they asked if we worried about Washington when I was, you know, growing up in Dallas. I said, honestly, we didn't because generally the Cowboys were in the playoffs and they were facing teams like Green Bay and they were facing teams like the San Francisco 49ers. So those were the two teams that you really had the most hatred for. Um, So once again, you get to renew an old rivalry from back in the 90s. Dallas Cowboys are taking a visit to Levi's Field or Levi's Stadium out there in uh, in San Fran or Santa Clara, one of them. They're playing the 49ers. Three and a half point dogs are the Cowboys on the road. They just had a big win over Tom Brady and the crew. What do you think they're going to do against Brock Purdy, the Purdy party? What do you think they're going to do up there?
1: I admit I was surprised with what the Cowboys did. I didn't think they were going to be as bad as the uh, as they were against the Commanders in the the regular season finale. But mm-hmm. I was surprised at what they did against the Bucks. They were kind of moving up and down the field, like. I think we all thought that the Cowboys were capable of doing. They finally were able to do it for the first time in a while. Mm. That being said, this San Francisco defense seems to be a different animal now. I know that Geno got him a couple times. He ended up putting up 23 points or so, but I know that some of that was in garbage time. Um, I think the the real difference maker is going to be Brock Purdy. Does he have that? Does he finally have that rookie moment where he looks kind of lost? Um, you, you hope for the San Francisco 49ers that it isn't, you know, in the biggest game of the season. I I don't see how it, it happens this time. You know, I think that Kyle Shanahan does such a good job of drawing up offenses that he can kind of stay away from some of his weaknesses. Not saying that, that there are a lot of weaknesses on the 49ers, but I, I think he just does a really good job of putting his players in a, a good position. To where I, I can't see this going any other way except for the 49ers. Uh, I, I think that they would be probably like, uh, I, I, yeah, I just I don't, I don't see the Cowboys being able to stick with them. Uh, and I, I think that uh, I think I got to take the 49ers in this one. And it's not like a Homer thing, it's not a hating on Dallas thing. I just, the 49ers have been so impressive. And I really, you know, going into this round, I, I think that the 49ers end up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And uh, you know have a real chance to win the whole thing.
0: You are spot on in my opinion. Um, the 49ers are probably one of the more complete teams. Uh, in the NFL and in these playoffs. And they got better whenever they acquired Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is probably the best all-around running back that Kyle Shanahan has had at his disposal as a head coach. I mean, you look way back in his days in Houston, he had Arian Foster, very talented, talented running back. Uh, now he's into music, so shout out to Bobby Fino. Um, nice. But when you look at the 49ers' offensive roster, I could just drop some names. Number one, you got a hell of a no-line. Uh, Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, uh, Joe uh, Joe Staley, I want to say, as well. You got tight end uh, George Kittle. You got Brandon Ayuk, who's coming into his own. You got Debo Samuel, who's going to attack you in the air and on the ground. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, he is a phenomenal fullback. He's going to catch some passes. And then, obviously, you got Christian McCaffrey. So whoever is that quarterback, Brock Purdy, has brought some stability and some calm. I mean, he just turns around and knows that he just needs to get the ball to the right person. Don't try to overthink it. And he makes some really smart plays uh, by throwing the ball away in a lot of spots. And um, just we'll talk about his quarterback coach in our next episode when we talk about uh, some coaching candidates. Um, But all in all, I think Brock Purdy is in the best situation because there's so many talented players around him. Uh, the biggest thing that Dallas has going for them on the defense is that defensive line and Mike Parsons. You know they're going to move him around all over the place, but it's not like you can just say we're going to put him over the guard because the guard is the weak point. Like there's good offensive linemen all across the board. Uh, I-, I can see Kyle Shanahan using some misdirection, some of the boots and the keeps to keep Parsons, You know use that aggression. Uh, to uh, really offset what he's able to do, so uh, the scheme and the skills are going to really show out for the offensive coordinator. I mean, the, you got to think—well, not the offensive coordinator, but the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, uh, going up against Dan Quinn. So this, you know, for Dan Quinn, hell, he's trying to get a head coaching job. This is a this is a game to right. to really try to put up a good performance, and and if you can slow this offense down, uh, you're going to be in play. But then when you flip to the other side. You don't have any slouches on the other side. You got a hell of a defense led by D'Amico Ryan, yep. and he's and he decided that he wanted to stay on the West Coast instead of travel for some job interviews. So he's really focused on the playoffs. Uh, you've seen a lot of coaches want to go ahead and travel and take those trips. He's staying put to stay focused on these playoffs. So you got a very stingy defense uh, going up against Dak Prescott, and and he's thrown the most interception in the NFL. I'm leaning. I'm leaning the 49ers. I think the spread is perfect. I think it ends up being about a three-point game, four points at the most, four points at the most. But I do think it's going to be a very close matchup. But I'm leaning San Fran.
1: All right, so I got a, I got a question for you just off the top. I know we're going to talk more about coaching, carousel, that kind of thing. This just popped into my head from this game. So we got Kellen Moore uh, as the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Dan Quinn is the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. The offensive coordinator really, I guess, is is Kyle Shanahan, so we'll take that out of it. Uh, D'Amico Ryans is the defensive coordinator. All three of those guys, uh, Ryans, uh, Quinn, and um, – more have been mentioned as head coaching candidates. Right now it is January 19th. How many of those three are head coaches in the NFL next season?
0: Ooh. Man, I, I think the easy bet is two. I think the easy bet is two. Um, I'm I'm gonna say two. I want to say three, but I'm gonna lean on two. I'm gonna go with two, and I think that's Damico Ryan's and Dan Quinn.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking too. Uh, I think that Kellen Moore is close. I think he's a little, I think the Cowboys are a little too inconsistent on offense that that might worry some people, but I think he's eventually going to be a head coach. I just don't know about next season, but yeah, I think D'Amico and and Dan Quinn, I think that they are, are probably at the top of the list uh, of guys for this next cycle.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think D'Amico Ryan is is, is a domino that needs to fall for other people to fall into place, uh, for one. But the way that, you know, Jerry does things, I would see that he could, that Kellen Moore may be more primed to work his way into the head coaching position at the Cowboys, you know, more so than having to leave and go get the job elsewhere. You know, you saw that what Jerry did with, um, Jason Garrett back in the gap. He elevated him to the head coaching position. So um, Kellen will be a head coach eventually. It may not be this year, but I think within the next two to three years, probably two years, uh, he'll be a head coach. So uh, all in all, wrapping up those picks, we got San Francisco. So I'm picking San Fran and Buffalo, um, New York and Kansas City. Three home teams, one road team uh, out there. So if you want to make those bets, what do you got, Brian?
1: I was going to say, I was going to give you mine because I think I was a little different. I, I'm taking the Chiefs, uh, the Giants to cover, the Bengals to cover with the Bills still to win, and then the 49ers. So I think we're a little different there. So this will be a fun mm, weekend.
0: That is different. Yes. Because I thought the Bills are going to go ahead and they'll, they'll cover that five and a half, they'll, they'll win by seven or more. But you can make those bets. You can agree with us. You don't have to agree with it. You can make your own bets. You make a parlay if you'd like. You can do that all at Bet Online. Slide on over there. Use that code. If you haven't bet all year, you've just been listening to us and making picks and keeping your own tallies. Maybe this is the time uh, that you want to jump in. Use our code BLEAV. Get yourself a welcome bonus, fifty percent welcome bonus, and and tinker around with some other spots on there. I mean, they got race book if you're into the horse racing. They got all types of things over there at Bet Online. So shout out to those folks. And and Brian, where else can they listen to us?
1: You can listen to us all over, and it's, it's been that way all season long. You can go to TuneIn, Radio, SiriusXM, Stadium, and all your favorite streaming platforms. Plus, we, as we mentioned, this is being filmed right now this video will be up on youtube on the believe site so a bunch of different ways to consume our show and we appreciate you listening and watching all season long and i hope you'll continue with us as the off season is about to pick up for the commanders we'll talk about all of that and more offensive coordinator candidates all that coming up in another episode really soon we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we look forward to this big football weekend the divisional round
0: yes indeed y'all be easy have a good weekend